0: This is episode 24 of the Prepper Website Podcast. Today we are looking at articles to discuss three essential EDC fire starters I carry everywhere, five reasons my EDC must include a pistol, and the best natural painkiller that grows in your backyard. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily aggregator of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on Prepper website. All article links and show information can be found on the Prepper website So let's go ahead and get started. Our first article comes to us uh, from Survival Sherpa, uh, my friend Todd over there. Uh, he wrote an article, actually, so there's a group of us that uh, did get together and, and write articles on the topic of EDC or everyday carry. And so I've been releasing. I think there's about nine, nine or ten articles out there. And so they're all on a kind of like on a, a blog train, I guess, uh, if if that you want to call it that. Uh, you can go to one and you can link to all the other ones because we've linked them all together. And so Todd's uh, Todd's article here, three essential EDC fire starters I carry everywhere, is one of those. And so on Prepper website, I'm releasing uh, two or three of those every single. Uh, day uh, just in, until I get so I don't want to overwhelm prepper website with all EDC articles but I'm releasing them uh, a little bit at a time but if you just want to go you know read all the articles you can link to um, you can go to the episode 24 show notes of the prepper website podcast com and then uh, link to Todd's article and you can get to it so um, Todd does a really great job he's also a teacher and one of the things that I love about him is that he does some videos and like on Fridays, I, I believe it's Fridays, uh, I guess when students have done what they're supposed to do or as a reward, he takes students outside. And you know, it doesn't look like he's out in the country and it looks like he's got some, you know, urban, urban students, urban situations there, but he teaches them how to do fire starting. And a lot of it is uh, bow and drill. And you should see uh... how excited they get when they actually get fire you know it's it's really really amazing so not only is he teaching them important you know he, he's teaching them the class that he's supposed to be teaching but he's also teaching them this great skill so can you imagine if you've never been exposed to that at all but then you know you have a teacher who's teaching you this this skill and then later on if you're uh... if you need to draw on that you have that you're, you have a little bit of experience with it so i think that's great So I want to go ahead and read this article. It's a good article. Um, Fire starters. All right, here we go. Let's go. Uh, What's in your pockets? If you look at the popular trend of pocket dumps on social media, the answer appears to be everything except the kitchen sink. I seldom see fire tools in these pocket dumps. Of course, our everyday carry items will look different depending on our jobs, lifestyle, and skill level. Several of us from the prepared bloggers are sharing different EDC or everyday carry items we never leave home without. Being the pyro that I am, I choose fire. Be sure to read the other value-adding articles by my friends in the links below this article. The concept of carrying essential items on one's person is a smart habit. If ever separated from your main preparedness kit, the stuff in your pockets plus your skills or skill set to use said items may be the only tools available. The tool doesn't determine your success, your skill determines the tool success. The quote above applies to preppers, survivalists, campers, carpenters, homesteaders, accountants, school teachers, and well, all of us. Pockets of Fire If you frisk me, no matter the locale, urban, or wilderness, you're, you'll discover a minimum of three ignition sources in my pockets. A mini BIC lighter for an open flame, a ferrocerium rod for spark ignition, and a Fresnel lens for solar. Let's break these down and discuss the advantages, disadvantages, and a few tips to successfully use each fire tool. Keep in mind that these are simply ignition sources and do not guarantee a sustainable fire. For more information on the importance of fire, you may find this article useful. A BIC lighter for an open flame. Since a road flare isn't practical for EDC, I carry a mini BIC. The resemblance of road flares to dynamite puts people on edge, especially law enforcement officers. I do have them in my vehicle kit though. The times you really need fire is usually when fire is hardest to come by. I'll take an open flame over sparks, solar, and especially fire by friction every day of the week and twice on Sundays. As mentioned previously, you must put in deliberate practice to hone your firecraft skills by actually doing the stuff, or these fire tools just look cool in pocket dumps on Instagram. To learn more on building sustainable fires, browse our fire craft page. Cool hands lose dexterity and make normally simple tasks like striking a lighter difficult. Modify your EDC lighter by removing the child proof device wrapped over the striker wheel. Pry it up from the chimney housing. Once free, pull the metal band from the lighter. Uh, two metal wings will point up after removal. Bend the wings down flat to protect your thumbs when striking the lighter what if your lighter gets wet? On a recent wilderness survival course I taught our boy scout troop how to bring a wet lighter back to life. Each threw their non child proof lighter into the creek. After retrieval they were instructed to blow excess moisture out of the chimney and striker wheel. Next they ran the striker wheel down their pant legs several passes to further dry the flint and striker. Within a few minutes the lighters were sparking and each scout had a functioning fire tool again. The lighters I carry in my bushcraft haversack and hiking backpacks are more tricked out than my plain old EDC BIC. Here's a few ideas I've picked up for adding redundant lighters which may be of interest. So again, like all these articles, you want to visit the website. He's got some great uh, pictures here that you'll want to check out. In like a pocket dump and then of course his tricked out BICs that he has. Advantages. A mini BIC will give you approximately 1,450 open flames. A wet bit can be back in service within a minute or so. So easy to light, a five-year-old can use one, and it's designed to be used with only one hand. The disadvantages. It's difficult to monitor the fuel level unless the housing is clear. They are consumable eventually. Extreme cold limits a bit. Keep it warm inside a shirt pocket under your overcoat. A mythical disadvantage is that lighters won't work in high altitudes. It is. If Sherpas use them on Mount Everest, this lowland Sherpa is sold. Phariseum rod or fire steel. In the bushcraft survival prepper community, ferro rods have the hyped reputation of being a failsafe fire maker. The device is simple and won't malfunction, they say. Scrap the metal off the rod, I'm sorry, scrap, well it says scrap, I think maybe a scrape. Scrape the metal off the rod and poof, you have a fire even in the rain. Sounds good, but don't buy the marketing hype. Much of the social. This is a quote. Uh, Much of the social history of the Western world over the past three decades has been a history of replacing what worked with what sounded good. Thomas Sal. quote. In my experience teaching both children and adults using a ferro rod for the first time ends in failure more times than not. Yet everyone is told to add one to their emergency fire kits. I carry a small one on my keychain because I enjoy practicing firecraft skills. They are a novel way of making fire, but like any skill, require practice to become proficient. Of these three ferro, ferro rod, of these three ferro rod techniques, push, pull, and thumb lever. The latter is my favorite on softer fire stills. It offers more accurate placement of sparks. The drawback is that the thumb lever requires more fine motor skills and coordination, which go bye bye in an adrenaline spiked emergency scenario. That's why I carry a bic. If you've never tried the thumb lever technique, here's a short video demonstrated which may help. So there's a video of uh, Todd there. Uh, One of the many reasons I practice fire by friction is the fact that it teaches the importance of preparing proper tinder materials. Marginal marginal tinder takes more heat to combust. Even with 3,000 degree ferro rod sparks, you may fail to ignite damp, finely shredded tinder. The amount of heat needed for ignition depends on the amount of surface area compared to its volume. Think in terms of small hair like fibers. When you think you've got fine tinder, shred it some more. Even without a proper striker or knife, any object hard enough to scrape metal off makes a a good substitute. And then there is an EDC ferro rod on rock video there. A ferro rod metal match is not my first choice in fire starters. It's a fun bushcraft tool to use though. Advantages. Scraped with a sharp rock, broken glass, or any object sharp enough to remove metal particles, 1500 degrees Fahrenheit to 3000 degrees Fahrenheit, sparks spontaneously combust as they meet air. Sparks even in wet conditions. The average outdoor person will never use up a ferro rod. Can ignite many tender sources. For more info on ferro rods, click here. My EDC rod is way smaller than the one in the link. Disadvantages They are consumable eventually and they are difficult to use if you've never practiced with this tool. Intermediate skill level needed. Fresno Lens A quality Fresno lens is useful for starting fires, examining plants and insects, splinter and tick removal, and reading navigational maps. I carry a 4 power lens in my wallet. It takes up about as much space as a credit card. I ordered a 3 pack from Amazon for under $7. Sunshine is loaded with electromagnetic energy in the form of photons. A Fresnel lens simply harnesses the energy to a focus point, creating enough heat to start a fire. A few tips I've learned may help here. Not all tender material will combust. You'll get smoke and char, but may never have an actual flame. In the short video below, within a second, you'll see smoke on crushed pine straw. Once a large area was smoldering, I had to blow the embers into a flame. So again, another video. Increase your odds of solar ignition by keeping the lens perpendicular to the sun's rays and the tinder. Move the lens closer or further away until the smallest dot of light strikes the target. Brace your hand to steady the spot of heat. Smoke should appear almost immediately. Afternoon sun is stronger than morning sun. Keep this in mind when practicing this method. Just for fun, I discovered that cocoa powder, powder, which I carry in my bushcraft kit, makes a usable coal with solar ignition. Have fun playing and experimenting with fire. Advantages Beginning skill level uh, every uh, Ever drive ants crazy with one as a kid? Can ignite different tinder materials. It's lightweight. It saves other ignition sources on sunny days. It never wears out. Always protect your lens from scratches and breaks. Breakage. Disadvantage. Dependent on sunshine, and may only create an ember which can be coaxed into flame. EDC Fire Tinder. Duct tape and wax jute twine ride alongside my Fresno lens in my wallet. You'll also find a full size cotton makeup pad stuffed inside the cap of my ferro rod. Wrapped a few feet of tape around an old gift card gives you an emergency tinder source for an open flame ignition. Setting fire to a foot-long strip of loosely balled duct tape will help ignite your kindling. There are so many multifunctional uses of duct tape, fire being one of them, that you should always carry at least a few feet in your wallet. The wax jute twine can be unraveled to create surface area for spark ignition. Unraveled, it can also be used as a long burning candle wick. Either way, it's nice to have another waterproof tinder in your pocket wallet. Here's a link if you're interested in making your own wax jute wine. If all you have for ignition is a ferro rod, duct tape will ignite, but again, don't count on it if you have if you haven't practiced this message M- method. See our video below. It never hurts to have multiple fire starting methods on your person. Drop us a comment on other EDC fire starters that I haven't mentioned. Be sure to scroll down and check out the other articles by my friends at the Prepared Bloggers. Keep doing the stuff of self-reliance. Todd. So uh, I love I love that he does point out that factor. He makes the comment about uh, the ferro rod and you know don't sit there and you know do things the hard way when you have a Bic lighter. And so you should know how to do it. You should practice with it like he said. That's all great advice. Todd knows what he's talking about there when when he's uh, um, he he practices so much and you can see it it's evident because he does so many videos and so many pictures and stuff he's he's it seems like he's outside all the time just a funny uh, a funny thing I, I emailed him the other day and I'm like I'm like man did you did you retire or what you're always outside and he, and he because like I said we're both in education and he emailed me back I'm like no far away from that and I'm like man I'm I'm in the same predicament as well but uh he does a lot out there he is um you know one of the one of the websites that is doing a lot of bushcraft stuff so i really love going to his website i um i love to live feverishly through him and uh so he does he does a lot of good stuff there but i love the fact that he pointed out the you know he you can't just do ferro rods um you know have that Bic lighter so a lot of options there so a good Definitely a great article by uh, by Todd at Survival Sherpa. Go check it out. It's got a lot of links and a lot of good video. All right, so let's go ahead and go to our next article. And this comes to us from 1776, PatriotUSA.com. It's actually another one of those articles in the EDC um, uh, prepared bloggers list. Uh, and it's five reasons my EDC must include a pistol. So let's go ahead and, and read this one. EDC or everyday carry is a hot topic on many internet forums and discussion groups. Many approach EDC like a science weighing the pros and cons of each and every item. While there are many items discussed that should be carried, I will not be found without my pistol. At this moment, my EDC pistol is a Taurus PT-111 G2 9mm. That can can change from time to time depending upon whether and where I'm going and what I'm doing. What is consistent is my EDC must involve a pistol. 5 Reasons Why My EDC Must Include a Pistol 1. You Just Never Know The news is full of stories where someone finds themselves in the wrong place at the wrong time. Often these situations turn out very bad for the innocent. Evil people exist in this world and yes, even in your neighborhood. I carry my pistol as I may cross paths with this evil. Number 2. Bad Guys Have Guns While I may have practiced martial arts for years and carry a pocket knife, and reality is my... The reality is, many bad guys carry guns. Knife to a gunfight? I'll pass. I need to be as prepared as possible to meet the threat and eliminate it. Number three, I am the true first responder. No disrespect to law enforcement, fire, and EMS. When an emergency happens around me or involving me, I am the first responder. When there is a fender bender and some irate, steroid-infused gangbanger heads my way, determined to pound me the next week, waiting for the police to arrive, may not be prudent. Number four, deterrence. While I would never promote showing a gun around and in my state could get me in big trouble, just having the gun could de-escalate a situation. A violent crowd seeing my pistol could overwhelm me. If any of them are willing to get shot in the process, hopefully they would choose to move along and let me be. That goes for an individual as well. The last thing I want is to have to pull the trigger. The fifth one, no human, th- non-human threats. A few years ago, I was working in my garden. My youngest was about eight at the time. My neighbor opened his back door and his dog came running out and went after Christopher. I saw it all happen in a blur, but still had the awareness to reach for my gun, which was in the cabinet inside the house. All I could do was run to his aid. The dog chased my son down and did not attack him, but it could have been quite different. The reason why I must carry a gun as part of my EDC goes well beyond it's my right and the Second Amendment. Why do you carry? Please share. And so there are... um, uh, definitely there's always, when you go to 1776 Patriot USA, a lot of uh, comments there. So you can kind of come and, and check those out. But some good points there uh, of carrying a firearm. And it really does need to be something that you do every single day so you're so used to it. It's like you're um, you know, putting on your, your watch or, or your phone. You know, it's funny because my EDC article was my cell phone and uh, not leaving home without it but you want your firearm if you are everyday carrying and you're in a situation where you can everyday carry a firearm, you want to get used to doing it every single day. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to this next article. This next article, I'm going to I'm going to just tell you was very very popular on the Facebook page. It got so many shares. Um, it's like one of those, it, it's not gone viral, but it is, it, it's, man, it, I was very, very surprised. It's been shared out more than most articles, um, or, or it's been shared out more than a lot of articles that I can remember in a long time. And so it comes to us from Ask a Prepper. I'm gonna just like all the other all the other podcasts. I'm gonna say you you definitely need to go to this website because we're talking about uh, natural painkiller. Um, actually, the title of the article is similar to morphine. The best natural painkiller that grows in your backyard. And it comes to us from Ask a Prepper. And so there are pictures there. Um, there's a lot. Of, there's 76 comments on here, and uh, it was only put out two days ago. So there's a lot of information here that you want to because people are commenting on the comments and giving information as well. And so you want to go check this one out because it is something that you can plant. And uh, more than likely, uh, some of y'all have that in your backyard. You already have it growing wild. And so I want to read it, but I'm also going to uh, recommend that you go check this out uh, just like all the other articles on the website. All right, let's go ahead and get started reading this one. From injury to disease, pain is a very common ailment or symptom that can take down the toughest of the tough. It's so prevalent that we are seeing a major epidemic with opiate dependency. Unfortunately, with so many needing to find relief, it's leading to a large portion of our population becoming dependent on a chemical bandage, often just masking the problem rather than fixing the cause. Unfortunately, it's getting so widespread that the medical field view many of these in real need as seekers, so instead of getting relief from tangible pain people are being turned away as a result they are finding it illegally and pain clinics and rehabs are popping up all over trying to combat the addiction wild lettuce as a healthy alternative lactuca virosa is the scientific term for it and many people have used it in place of addictive prescription pain medicine It's a leafy and tall plant with small yellow buds and could be grown right out your door. More commonly found in North America and England, it's a cousin to the lettuce we typically see at the grocery store. It's also referred to as bitter lettuce or more appropriately for the purpose discussed here, opium lettuce. The reason it's referred to as opium lettuce is due to the pain relieving and sedative effects that it has been known to produce through a white substance found in the stem and leaves. The milky substance is called lactucarium, and while it doesn't contain any opiates, it has a similar side effect when used. It acts directly on the central nervous system to lessen the feeling of pain, just like morphine. Even though it seems to be the best kept secret, it has a history of being used as an alternative to pain relief. Historical Use Back in the 19th century, wild lettuce was already being used by some as a substitute to opium. But, it was in the 70's that it started to gain significant popularity by those wanting a more natural remedy. Individuals were starting to use it for both pain relief as well as recreational purpose. In the early days, people using wild lettuce prepared it a couple of different ways. One way was to cook the plant in a pan of water and sugar mix until it reduced to a thick syrup like consistency. While this was an effective form, it was quite bitter even with the sugar added. The most common form, however, was drying the stem and leaves to use as an herbal tea. The tea remains popular today, but it also, but it's also being dried for smoking or vaporizing. If you don't care to grow it yourself, it can also be purchased as a dried herb, extract, or resin substance. Other benefits. Here are the more popular reasons people are gravitating towards this natural painkiller and medicinal plant. Migraines. People who use it for this purpose claim that they experience fewer migraines than they did prior to starting the herb. Insomnia. A frequent, use of wild is, is, a frequent use of wild lettuce is by people who have trouble sleeping. It produces a relaxed and euphoric feeling, helping a person fall asleep easier without the addictive qualities of commonly prescribed sleeping aids. Anxiety. Wild lettuce can act as a mild sedative, allowing people with anxiety to anxiety to find a reprieve from the stress it causes. Asthma and cough. Wild lettuce has antitussive properties which alleviates or suppresses a cough. Also asthmatic patients who have used opiates notice more episodes if they go through opiate withdrawal. So the use of wild lettuce instead of prescription opiates could be a better option for them. In addition to the above benefits, wild lettuce produces a euphoric state similar to opiates, even though it does not contain any actual opiate. So it's perfectly legal. All right. So a short article, but again, you want to go, you want to check it out. In the, in the comments, a lot of people were saying, yeah, we, that's milkweed. And other people were coming back and saying, no, it is not milkweed. Uh, it kind of looks like milkweed is what people were saying. So, Um, you definitely, this is something that you want to go check out. Um, just, just a warning on, on, uh, using natural herbs and stuff. You know, when you, when you have a headache or you have some pain and you pop Advil or you, you pop one of those, you know, type, type medicines, you know, you expect it to work pretty quickly. And usually it does, you know, uh, usually works pretty quickly. A lot of the times the herbal, uh, herbal remedies don't work like that. So I think sometimes people want to say like, okay, I don't want to take Advil or I don't want to take Motrum or Tylenol anymore. I don't want to take those. Those are bad for, you know, for using those for prolonged times. So I'm going to switch to something natural, but they, you know, it, they don't feel the, the quick relief. And so that that's something to, um, something to, to definitely consider when you're doing that. Uh, but you, you know looking at the comments here a lot of people are going and doing more research and and uh, it's become very very interesting it's amazing how there's so many things out there in nature that we've just forgotten about because we uh we have the conveniences of you know our modern day so uh, wild lettuce is something uh i think i read on the comments somebody said you can go look it up on amazon and you can buy seeds and you can uh plant it somebody was saying i, mean, I have it growing wild in my in my backyard and so You have all those all those different options, but it's wild lettuce, and uh, definitely go check out askaPrepper.com to read this this article. Like I said, it's it's a very very popular article, and then do a little bit more research on it and see what you find out there. Uh, I'm I'm sure uh, this is not the you know as as medicine becomes more expensive and healthcare is more expensive and out of the means of, of just regular people, I think we're going to hear more and more of the, the natural herbs. We're going to hear about the essential oils. You're going to hear about all those kinds of things, and I think those are, are, are really relevant. I think we should know a little bit. I don't think anybody can be you know know everything there is, but definitely there are some things that you can do out there to help mitigate some of the issues that we run into all right guys that's it for today uh again go visit these these websites these articles you know all the all the websites or all the articles that i read i have permission from the websites uh or the website owners to read those articles and so i i want to say i appreciate that i've taken the time to contact them and and get those permissions and every time we put up uh, articles from other other uh, website owners or other websites you know, we contact them as well and, and ask them if they want to be added onto our list of of uh, approved because we want to do it right. We just don't want to sit out there and grab anybody's article and start reading it. That wouldn't be right. But as as a result, we link to these articles and also I encourage you to go because they, a lot of the times there are links and videos and all kinds of things you want to go and they link off to to other articles that are very very interesting. So that's it for today. Um, like always, if you get a chance, come by the website. Drop me a line in one of the comments or hit me up through email. You can also get in touch with me through social media. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. And I do, uh, I do respond. If you, if you do uh, you know send me a comment or, or tag me on something, I try to respond and get back to you. I do always appreciate hearing from people that are coming to the podcast and also people that visit Prepper website. Uh, So if you are looking for more preparedness information, if this isn't enough for you, um, we definitely have a lot more uh, articles, great information, websites, all kinds of stuff that you can get on PrepperWebsite.com. So until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.